We don't have to sing. Let's not. Oh, hello, gentle listener. Welcome to Hot Drinks. Before... I'm fucking drunk. God damn it. Like and subscribe. Hi, Sister Twain. Hi, Brother Coffee. How are you? I am better than I've been in a while. How are your I've styes? Been really shitty. How is your throat? Um, I am. How is all the shit going I'm wrong really, in your life? My sty. I'm. I am in the middle of my second course of antibiotics for the styes. Because- I hope this is the first time someone has listened. I hope they were like, "Yeah, this podcast seems <laughs> interesting," and they download it, and like the third sentence on it is, "How are your styes?" <laughs> This is a podcast about styes. Anyways, but um, the styes are looking so much better, and uh, my body has been ravaged by antibiotics. But uh, how's your pooping? Is it oh has that God. been? Does that affect dude's antibiotics? Effect? Yeah, it affects your whole gut biome. Remember oh, we talked about yeah. this? Yeah, because the antibiotics not only kill the Go- the bad the infections or but whatever. The, but the good Wait, as well. not infect. Do they antibiotics kill infections? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But bad they bacteria. kill all the good bacteria. All the good. So infections. your whole gut biome gets cleaned out. Yeah, and it's just like dumping your food into like a steel pot and shaking it. around. <laughs> There's nothing to digest. <laughs> Christ. Uh, and I'm on the tail end of the flu, except the, the only piece that's left, and, and this is, I guess, something that always happens to me, is when I start laughing really, really hard unexpectedly, I'll start coughing. Right, yeah. right. It's super attractive. <laughs> I hope you're spending a lot of time at singles bars this week. <laughs> Um, how are you? With your gut biome how are and you? your styes. You also were really shitty last time we recorded. I was real shitty last time we yeah. recorded, Do you want to tell I? them why? Uh, well, the one reason. There are many reasons, but <laughs> one of the reasons was my cat had ran away. Yeah. And it was just incredibly stressful. Like, I did not realize how stressful it would be. Yeah. Because I just didn't know what to do, and I felt powerless, and I... I would I live kind of in a little complex of like townhomes, so I would go out all the time and like walk around the complex. But I just thought, who knows if she's even here? And I would, you know, like maybe she's six miles away at this point. And I yeah. would like every day I would leave the garage door open a little bit and I put her litter box in the garage door mm-hmm. and I had wet food on the porch and I had one of her little beds on the porch and I was like refreshing the wet food every day and just and like nothing. Yeah. And I would wander around and, and then and then one day she got lost on um, Sunday night, right before <clears throat> Martin Luther King hol- Day holiday, significant. So, um, so like nothing was open on Monday, like no government offices. So Ooh. I couldn't go check with like animal control or right. anything because they were closed. Yeah. So Tuesday morning, I went to a shelter that's really close to my house just to see if she'd been picked up. I took in a flyer I'd made. They were like, "Here, oh, oh, thank you. You brought a flyer. Okay, great. Just put it in this binder. It's like a seven-inch binder oh. of flyers of lost oh. pets." And I was like, "Well, this seems effective." Yeah. And then um, they were like, "You can, here's a here's a flyer. Here's a folder full of uh, DOA cats, like cats that we found that were deceased." So I'm flipping through that. And I mean, I only had to look at like Sunday and Monday because I'd known she'd gone missing Sunday night. And the, and the descriptions just say like female tabby, like, and that's that what could she be is. Ninety five percent of yeah. the cats. So I was like, well, there are two possibilities that it, that it's her that she's dead. Yeah. <clears throat> but there's not like pictures or anything, obviously, because right. you know. Anyway, so I was super super stressed. She was gone. She was gone. She left Sunday night. She was gone all day Monday, all day Tuesday. Yeah. All day Wednesday. I got home from work Wednesday really late. 
And I was like, and I was, you know, ch- moving the litter box out and changing the wet food on the porch and just getting all the things ready for her to to try to, like, attract her back home. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I'm just going to walk around for a minute and look and see if I can find her. So I go walking around the complex. And, and, and after I'd walked for, like, five minutes, I was like, this is stupid. It's late. It's dark. I can't see anything. I didn't want to be, like, yelling her name because <coughs> it's late. I didn't want to bug my neighbors. I'm like, this is dumb. I'm going to go back home. So I start walking home and then I'm and I'm walking down like a little path in the complex and then I look over and she's just sitting on someone's porch. <laughs> and I was like, "Ray." And there's a there is a cat that lives in this complex that looks a lot like her. So I was like, "Wait, is that the cat that looks like her or is that her?" <laughs> so then I realized it was her. I had some treats in my pocket, so I like put some treats out and she was like, "What?" Oh. <laughs> like I had in my head I'd imagine <laughs> That when she saw me, she would just come running towards me. Right. Like meowing, Aww, I'm starving. That's cute. No, she didn't know. No. I had to like lure her over with food. <clears throat> and the the porch that she was on had like a kind of a gate, so I didn't want to open it and go up onto the porch. Yeah, yeah. So I had to lure her over with food. I had to like reach through the gate and like grab her. Jesus. And then I took her home and she was just like, What? What why are you guys all freaking out? What? <laughs> Could not have cared one yeah. tiny bit. And then she yeah. drank like two gallons of water oh. and ate like four bowls of food. Oh my God. And I was like, I hate you, <laughs> fucking bitch. Gentle listeners, this is typically something we would talk about if you're listening for the first time. If you're a brand new gentle listener, a virginal gentle listener, this is something we typically talk about in, what, in a segment that we typically call women's work. Yeah, I'm really sorry. I just jumped right into that. That's okay. You really... I had a story I, to tell. I needed to hold space for that. I had a story to tell. Thank you yeah. for holding space. But um, women's work is what p- other people call... Do we have any housekeeping? Yeah. Like, you know, housekeeping. But we call it women's work. B- points of business. Right. Uh, yeah, because uh, of misogyny, yeah. Mormonism. Yeah. Anyway, this is a podcast about Sties, lots of crazy shit. Styes and cats. Just a sty and cat podcast. <laughs> it's a really niche market, but we've really managed to find a really, a really vigorous and enthusiastic if audience. Only one of us knew leatherworking. No, I know that would be a great podcast. <laughs> I wish someone would record that. Um, uh, anyway, what anyway, do what we other, have any? What other women's work? work do you have? Do you have any women's work? How's your life? How's your sty? How's your? Uh, well, you know, we don't need to talk about uh, that. The styes are better. My flu I, is is almost completely gone. I just can't do anything. More than a brisk walk. Right. Um, uh, what else is going on with... I can't think of anything else. You put me on the spot. I I'm don't know. I'm sorry. Okay. That's <laughs> fine. Um, what about you? You know, other... Like, it's... Other than... So, the cat came back. Mm-hmm. And that helped alleviate some of my stress oh, okay. and depression. Yeah. And then I've really been, like, on an <clears throat> upswing. It's okay. been kind of crazy. I don't know why. Great. I've been to the gym three times. Yeah. That never happens. I've been to the gym for like four years. Oh my years. God. Um, so I'm on some kind of weird upswing. I don't know why. Oh, I re-downloaded that's... a dating app, a quote unquote dating app. Uh-huh. It's really a fucking app, you guys. <laughs> um, and I have talked to some people. You know, I've met any of them. Of course, I'm not wow. going to meet them. Right. Never. Never. No, 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 no. No, I'll burn down my house first. <laughs> but... I have talked to them. That's amazing. You are on an upswing. I think it's something about the energy of 2020. I, and I'm serious. No, I think you could be right. Yeah. I think you're onto something. I know. Um, what are we drinking tonight, Sister Twain? And then let's jump into our guest. Jump right into her. <laughs> so first of all, neither of us really had any booze. No. My and, supplies are very low. And we're recording on a Sunday. It's a Sunday. You know when you open your fridge and all you have is like mayonnaise and like honey mustard and just like not like that is my booze supplies right now. I have all the things you <laughs> need. I have like the things on the side of making drinks. So I have like Campari and, and like vermouth. Right. But I don't have like 
actual core uh, right. bruises. So um, I called Little Twink, Little Twink, and um, our guest star happened to be driving in the direction of Little Twink, mm-hmm. and Little Twink had some really shitty vodka that's prickly pear flavor that she didn't want, and a lot of it. And I was like, "Great, great, we'll take." <laughs> We as alcoholics will and take it. And you created something what, that really works. I just really want to say, works. before I describe the cocktail we're okay. drinking, what I love is that I was like, do you have any alcohol? Because like my supplies are pretty low. You were like, no, I have nothing. And then like five minutes later, you were like, I have prickly pear vodka. And I was like, that is a very weird journey we've been on from like zero alcohol to prickly pear vodka. Did you, is there anything interesting going on in your Instagram? Um, Yeah. What's, what's I, up? I, I want to read this out loud to the gentle listeners. Oh, here we go. All right. I'm not going to say who. Is this on the the hot drinks Instagram? Yes, it is. Instagram HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash <laughs> www.instagram.com slash hot drinks. Okay, are you ready for this? Uh-huh. This gentle listener says, Hi friends. I this just came through. I actually work at a mental health clinic in a place. Somewhere in Utah. Okay. And would love to see if we can get Jack Coffee in sooner than later. <laughs> God damn. Our male therapist who specializes in trauma has a wait list of about six months. Jesus. If you're interested, I'd love to see if I can pull a few strings and get you in. Oh my God, I love this. This is amazing. Okay. I hope I didn't, I hope this was okay that I read that. Uh, yeah, no, we didn't reveal who or where. No, you didn't reveal any yeah. details. Okay, well, um, I'm going to message that gentle listener. On that note, before I describe our cocktail, I do want to say we have, in the last couple of weeks, we've gotten some really, really, really lovely emails from gentle listeners. And I want to acknowledge the receipt of said emails. Uh We have not yet replied because Sister Twain has been in a a place and I have been in a place. I've been in big old sty. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Stye place. Stye place. So we've we've not we neither one of us have been in the place to reply to messages. But, yeah. Um. But I will reply soon, and the messages were read and appreciated and cherished. Absolutely. And I will reply yeah. soon. Okay. So the cocktail we're drinking. Oh right. I just had Pretty to make this up on this on the spot, so yeah. we're calling it a Plan <clears throat> B because it was a last minute emergency. Plan <laughs> B. I did prickly pear vodka. Uh huh. I happen to have some grapefruits that a gentle listener gave to me. So I did a couple of grapefruit supremes into each supremes. into each glass and then a little grapefruit juice. Oh then I did a tiny drop of cardamom bitters, some uh, ginger beer, and then a port wine floater. God damn it. It's really good. God damn it, Josh. <laughs> how are you not married and pregnant? God, I mean, if people want to try to get me pregnant, let's go. <laughs> let's see what happens. Let's see if it works. Just try it all day long and... Okay, so uh, do we want to introduce our digital? I was our, literally going to ask you the same question. Oh, okay. Or do we want to take a break and come back and then drop that? Why don't that? you introduce? Okay, I will introduce. We, uh, our, our guest star for tonight has been uh, around since the inception of this. Right. Uh, what is this called? A podcast. I almost said blog. Um, and... A uh, very uh, close friend, and um, to choose her name for hot drinks, mm-hmm. we went through the young woman's values, right. and she chose the As one. We do. She chose the one that it has the least amount to do with who right. she is today, right. and so her name 
shall be known heretofore as Sister Virtue. Sister Virtue. Hi. Hi, Sister Virtue. Welcome. Hello, I'm feeling virtuous today. <laughs> so we're going to take a little break, and then we're going to talk to Sister Virtue yeah. about all the things. Oh my gosh, there's so much. So many things. Okay, bye. Wait, wait, wait. This is how we do it. <laughs> I'm recording. recording. I'm back. Yeah. We're back. Okay. Grab so that tortilla blanket. Sister Virtue is wrapping up in a big blanket that looks like a flour tortilla. You guys, if you get on Amazon.com and search for tortilla blanket, there are tor- blankets that look like tortillas. <laughs> and they're very comfy. Is that what a tortilla blanket is? Yes. It's, it's a, a blanket. blanket. That looks It's round. Like, yeah. And it has like a picture of a tortilla printed on the front. I love it. I use it every night while I watch Netflix. <laughs> All right. So, uh... We're going to, so we don't have like a a thing that Sister Virtue wants to talk about, but her life has been so fascinating heretofore that there are a lot of things about her life that we can bring up and go, oh, so what about that? And then just let her go. Okay. For example, Sister Virtue grew up in North Salt Lake in the same neighborhood as Sherry Dew and Russell M. Nelson. Right. And the I-rings. And the I-rings. Great. Did you, could you hear Sherry? And the the Taylors. Could you hear the sounds of Sherry Dew banging Russell M. Nelson's wife? Were they really loud? We can get into this later, but. Okay, anyway. um, uh, Banging meaning tribbing, of course. But also. What is that? I don't know what that means. uh, Tribbing? We've talked about this. I, I don't know. Okay. Well, it's like scissoring, except one is on top of the other, kind of. I don't know how that works. Slapping cats. Slapping cats. Okay, so. You, you go, lesbian. You're so clever and creative. I don't know how it all works. So, but I um, support you and I hold space for you, lesbians. Um, also, um, Sister Virtue's mom died when she was really young. You were seven. Nine? Seven, nine. Nine, seven. I was nine. Nine. I'm sorry. That's awful. Um, and... Cute side note about that is... (laughs) Here's a cute side note about your mother's death. Dad remarried the nanny. And they made children together. And Sister Virtue was not allowed to tell the children that she had a different mom that died. That that seems normal (laughs) and healthy. Seems like normal, healthy parenting decisions. Um, Also, Sister Virtue is the granddaughter of a certain MTC president. That was in the news a lot last year and the year before. Two years ago? Yeah. Two years ago, yeah. Uh, I, I don't need to say the name because there wasn't any other MTC president in the news in the right, last two years. Right. Um, so that's Who's Grandpa. the one with the secret sex room? We're very popular. <laughs> we're not going to talk about Grandpa's secret sex room tonight. We're going to kind of we're going to we're going to just talk about walk Sister around Virtue. it. Yeah, we're going to talk about Sister, yeah. Sister Virtue. Um, Fuck you, Grandpa, and yeah. your secret and sex then room. The we other don't thing, care. The other thing I want to talk about is oh, what was the other point I was going to bring up? Bring brink brink to the brink. Bring body, up to the brink. Body. Bodies, bodies. Okay, uh, <laughs> Sister Virtue um, has some really fucked up body shit. Uh, her stepmother, who was the nanny that dad remarried after her actual mom kicked the bucket. Um, so no. that was very sensitive. Of you. <laughs> she was, she was alive when he remarried. She was in a, a, a facility. What are they called? Where home? people go to die. Yeah. Hosp- nursing like homes. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Hospice care. Oh, yeah. that's so sweet. Yeah. How pretty, romantic. Pretty cool. <laughs> anyway. I saw a rom-com on Netflix about that. <laughs> about a guy that remarried the nanny while his wife was in hospice. <laughs> 
No, just kidding. I didn't because that's fucked that's up. That's really fucked Where's up. Where's my royalties yeah, for that? For real Netflix. <laughs> so, uh, stepmom um, would weigh Sister Virtue, right? Uh, have, have you step on the scale? And you had to ask she, she to eat. She would not weigh me herself. However, I was made extremely aware of what my weight was at all times. Oh, okay. Yeah. And if you wanted to eat something, you had to ask first. Yes. Jesus Christ. I cool. love that I love that we're really just interviewing you, Sister Point, <laughs> about Sister I just, Virtue. I want to go down this, the list of the most fascinating things about Sister sure, Virtue sure. And, and see where she would like to start. Where would, or, you or like, where would you like to start? Where would you like to start, Sister I, Virtue? Uh, well, what is on your list? And we can kind of take it from oh, there. Bodies. 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 Oh, yeah. oh, goodness. Let's All right. talk about... Um, okay, so I guess the... Since you were saying bodies so many times, we can start with that. Um, you know how in Mormon culture there's this your body is a temple right. mentality. Right. Um, your body's a temple, but if you want a boob job, that's cool. Right. Your body's a temple. That's just beautifying but, the temple. Yeah, but that's just making the temple look better. Have an right. eating disorder, then like, good, you'll look great in heaven type right. thing. Right. Um, so that kind of excused mentality was pretty constant growing up so there was a lot of like restrictive eating imposed by people above me but I feel like that's a pretty normal thing in the culture specifically in Utah maybe not other places where women especially or little girls are told that they have to look a certain way even if hey if they don't have boobs yet it's fine but you still have to weigh yourself on a scale and if you have a little bit of pudge here and there because you're hitting puberty it's it's not okay Mm -hmm. but if you want to get a boob job because you're 35 and your husband's a doctor, totally cool. Right, so right. Um, that's kind of just one thing that was extra prevalent in my upbringing. I'm not sure if everyone can relate to that. But Did you have that kind of pressure as a being in a different state but still Mormon? The Yes and no, but mostly no. I did not grow up with the intensity of the pressure that Sister Virtue did on that. I never has, had to ask permission to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my mother never asked me how much I weighed. Um, I'm getting that your stepmother would ask you that question? Um, not directly, but it definitely while eating food or being in a situation around food or health or those kinds of things it was like comments were made or yeah uh, for example <clears throat> this isn't this isn't when i was a teenager but i feel like it's a pretty exciting example um i have a lot of health problems which is amazing and in uh, <laughs> i know right Woo-hoo! Yeah. yeah thanks god um mm-hmm. and in college i remember coming home for thanksgiving and we were sitting at the dinner table and she made a comment to me that was about my quote, how I was doing with my anorexia. (laughs) Um, I don't, I'm very, very lucky to not have an eating disorder, which makes it even more terrible. Like I, we were sitting at the table and she asked me how I was doing, how I was handling my anorexia. So she asked you that, but you weren't anorexic. I'm not anorexic. I've never had an eating disorder. I used to hoard food, but that's because I was really hungry and she would like (laughs) find wrappers and things, um, that I had like stashed in my closet Uh in the very back, which meant that she was going through my closet, which was amazing. Uh Um, why did she ask you how your anorexia was going? Is that a compliment? <laughs> Did she think like you looked real skinny? You know, skinny? At, at this point in my um, 
aloneness. It feels almost like a compliment. But I I don't know. It, like half of me wants to think it was like a power move. Yeah. And the other half is like projecting. Yeah. Um, did, did you ever ask your stepmom questions like, can we, for the sake of the pod, uh-huh. as the kids call it, uh-huh. um, refer to her as my second mom? Yes. Okay. Okay. Because technically I was adopted when I was nine. Right after my mom died, which was great. I love being adopted right after my mom died. Uh-huh. Um, but because she technically raised me for the sake of the podcast, we should call her second mom. Okay. Even if sometimes in my head I, I like to have fun and say stepmom, go a little... Hug wild. Okay. Okay. Second mom. Did you ever ask your second mom questions about that? About why can't I just eat something when I want to? Or why? And and, and here, here, let me start here. What kinds of comments would she make when you were growing up? Uh, About my body? Yeah. (laughs) Um... (laughs) <laughs> this I don't know if this one has to do with weight directly, but I feel like any person with boobs on their body has experienced puberty, and you don't really anticipate what that's going to be like, but she'd say things like, oh, that my boobs were perky, <gasps> or like I, I couldn't wear certain clothing because my boobs were perky, and I couldn't wear certain pants because of my butt, <gasps> and I... I couldn't show my thighs, that that sort of thing. But I feel like that's that's tied into just Utah Mormon culture in general, <clears throat> not just her one specific thing. But it's interesting because she wasn't raised in Utah. I mean, mm. she, she was raised in California. So mm. okay, I love getting that extra Utah spice. So she would make comments about your developing body. Yeah. See, that blows cool. my mind. Really? Yes, that blows my mind. I. In hindsight, it just kind of confuses me because anyone going through puberty and growing is going to, their body is going to change. And if they get chubby or or fat or whatever the hell you want to call it, that's totally normal. There's so many people I know that were like a little bit more soft to hug when we were teenagers (laughs) Uh that now are like sexy as hell. Uh And that's because puberty is puberty. And even until, like, a few years after you graduate high school or when you're right. in your early 20s, your body is still trying to figure its shit out. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even <laughs> this is TMI on the pod. I didn't even hit puberty till I was, like, 16 or 17. Wow. Which I was a late bloomer. So, right. of course, I had a lot going on. And I don't know. Right. That's a lot. Right. It was. Okay. How are you with body image today? <laughs> How are any of us with our body image today? <laughs> um, a lot better than I could be. One of the first things you told me when we met, which oh, was yeah. two and a half years I ago, forgot, so sure. is that you have body dysmorphia. Not dysphoria, uh, but dysmorphia. I'd say both. Oh, okay. I'd say both because what is gender? Right. And also what is my body? Right. Um, <laughs> Like, uh, as great that as... That should be the name of your memoir. What is gender and what is my and body? And also, what is my body? <laughs> the Sister Virtue story. So where are you right now with all um, Right now, I mean, I'm always going to be a little confused. Like, sometimes I feel okay with things that other times I don't feel okay about. But I know that half the time it's because 
of this mentality that was kind of driven into me that I think is a very, very much based in the culture once again. Because as much as our bodies are a temple and God loves us all and na 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 um, it's there's so much vanity that goes behind right. it. I mean, right. I, I don't know if this is a real statistic, but I feel like I can throw half statistics in this podcast because you do it all the time. <laughs> we don't oh. fact check. Uh, what? No. what? What? We don't. We haven't hired a fact checker yet. If someone for free wants to uh, email uh, hot drinks at www.hotdrinksforthebelly at gmail.com. You forgot the forward slash forward slash. Forward slash, forward slash. Um, <laughs> But I, it's it's pretty normal here, but it, it shouldn't be. Like, there's a lot of billboards for plastic surgery yeah. and breast augmentation and that yeah. kind of thing. So it's a very, very normal culture here, but it, it shouldn't be. And because of that stuff constantly being around that wasn't normal other places that was, that's why I feel kind of weird about boobs. That's why I feel kind of weird about not presenting as feminine. Or when I do present feminine, I get really confused. Or wow. Like, I, I don't know how to handle totally normal fat placement on the body of someone who has a cervix and just short. Like, I, bodies are bodies and people are not the most realistic about that, especially when your body is a temple. Yeah. What was your second mom like about her own body image? Ooh. Did she have questions? <laughs> no. Oh. I don't I don't know if I should have said that, but no, they're <laughs> they're real. I, I haven't personally like gone in there, but uh <laughs> Wow. Which is fine. Yeah, I, I'm okay with that. Thank yeah. you yeah. for your support. Um, <laughs> but no, no, that's not something that was ever like approved of in my family. I mm-hmm. feel like whenever news. we knew someone that had a breast augmentation, it was very like uh, there's a lot of gossip surrounding it, even if it was a pretty common thing in the Eye rolling. Yeah, like, oh. Yeah. But um, diet culture, I would say, is the thing that really drove a lot of the things around the body stuff that, yeah. that not only begins with the um, church culture, but is, is definitely pushed along because of this this striving for perfection that isn't real yeah nothing's perfect yeah and to try and say that you are try to be is extremely unhealthy um so diet culture a lot of i remember the atkins diet (laughs) and everything that came after that because there was always a book yeah because your second mom was always on some sort of diet yeah and i i'm not someone who's against wanting to be better Um, but I think that there's definitely a line between improvement of self and self-awareness and perpetuating really toxic, dangerous, unrealistic goals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, that is kind of my background with that. Okay. Let's take a little break. And then we'll talk about the neighborhood you grew up in. Oh, I'm I'm down with the neighborhood. Okay. I'm down with the neighborhood now, but I'm down to talk about it. Okay. Okay. Let's take a break. We're back. Hey. Hey, we're back. Hey, we're back. Are we back? Do you know what I watched today? What? The Goop Podcast TV show. There's a Goop Podcast TV show. I don't think it actually says podcast. There's a Goop TV (laughs) show. Yeah, and all the gentle listeners are immediately going right now. They're thinking... Brother Coffee, why are you doing that? Goop, why are you watching Goop things? I've decided I'm a huge Goop fan. Oh, God. <laughs> Listen. Episode three. 
of goop yes gentle listeners on netflix uh fuck netflix but also on netflix goop season one episode three there's an episode about female pleasure and as much as i hate goop it's very informative and i think that every woman should learn how to get off so well okay maybe i'll watch that one i watched an episode about like magic mushrooms and psychedelics yes and it was fascinating okay and it made me want to go to jamaica (laughs) and go to this magic mushroom place thank you Uh Gwyneth. and there was a there was a cute guy that worked there with nice arms then he just and he just (laughs) held you while you were on that trip and i just want that there it is. There Listen, it is, folks. This is why I'm just going to say this, and then we'll get right back to Sister Virtue. But I'm just going to say this. Goop, I'm sure, promotes a lot of weird pseudoscience, and it's and it's a very sort of elitist, you know, like you have to have a lot of money and blah, blah, yeah. blah. But, and I've never, never had any opinion about Goop until I watched the show and yeah. then decided that I loved it. But, <laughs> oh. but I will say I embrace the idea that they just say kind of their mission is like, there's a lot of interesting ideas and information out there. And as consenting human adults, like we should we should be open to exploring these different ideas, you okay. know? Like different ways of healing, different way of processing things, different ways of being healthy. Uh-huh. And again, like and, and they very clearly say, and they probably say this so they don't get sued, but they just say, like, you know, make your own choices. Like, we're not saying that everyone should do this, but we're just saying, like, this is something you can we look at. We are not doctors. Right. And I appreciate that. Anyway, I want to do some mushrooms in Jamaica. Thanks for that. need a sponsor. So, you grew <laughs> so, up in North Salt Lake. Yes, it was very north of Salt Lake. And the, <laughs> the Irings and the Nelsons <laughs> and the Dew. And the Dew. Just one And the Taylors. And the Dew. And the Dew. The single Dew. The Doody Doo Doo. That should have been your name, Single Dew. It's like a rapper name. I disagree. Okay. <laughs> so, Sister Virtue. Yes. Sherry Dew used to teach young women's in your work? She would, she would come in and teach lessons. Okay. Was she like a bigwig at the time? Was she already? Oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah. I mean, she's been I a bigwig for a long time. Yes. Um, I am one of those millennials. Um, <laughs> so she's been around for a hot minute. But yeah, my my entire experience with her in my church building ward specifically, she had quite an empire. All right. Yeah. So. so I'm going to ask a question as if I am a Kermo. That means a current Mormon. Current Mormon. Yeah. Kermo. You grew up in this neighborhood with, with the Lord's most elite servants. How is it that you lost your testimony? Uh, where was the testimony to be in? Oh, uh, oh damn! <laughs> okay, so you, you, so you were never really into it. Um, I feel like anyone that grows up in that. Pervasive of an environment is going to be going along with it just for the sake of not being ostracized and to be able to live their life without having bullshit all the time. So I went along with it and I was part of it, but I wasn't actually mentally or emotionally part of it for the sake of not being. You don't want to rock the boat. Yeah, the boat was rocky enough <laughs> because your mom wanna... died. Oh, hey, uh, gentle <laughs> listeners. Um, <laughs> On uh, January 5th, 2000 and... Wait, what year was 
2005, um, she died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, there, there's a lot going on for everyone. But for me, it was like survive, put your head down until you get out. So, yeah, occasionally when pressured, I would stand up and bear my testimony. Or mm. when asked, I would help with a lesson. Or when called for church callings, I would I would do those church callings. But when it came down to, like, that weird meeting at the end of the year that they mm-hmm. did where they asked me a lot of weird questions in a room with an old man. What is that called? Is that called the your worthiness, worthiness interview? Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I don't know. I don't so, know. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've never been worthy. I don't know. Uh, 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 my worthiness interview every year, they'd say, oh, are you a full tithe payer? Mm-hmm. And I'd just be like, yeah, yeah totally. I've mm-hmm. d- totally been paying tithing. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> um, are you doing, I, don't, I can't remember the question, something about sexual crap yeah. that made me really uncomfortable. Uh-huh. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, and I would say no, like any person who wants to protect themselves and is also extremely uncomfortable, I would say no, 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 no. Yeah, you're not doing any of that stuff. I'm lost. I got. I went on a tangent. And I forgot the. Oh, question. okay. So I, no, I have a about... question for you. Okay. I. It's always interesting to me because I grew up obviously also in a very Mormon family. Yeah. And I have I have siblings. I have a couple brothers who kind of left the church at like a young age, and they'll tell stories to me about you know we were sitting in a family home evening and we're reading the part of the Book of Mormon where it talks about how like black people are evil, <laughs> and my brother who left the church at a very young age, was like, uh, that's racist. And just, like, immediately, like, uh-huh. saw saw through the bullshit and saw it for what it was and yeah. was like, I'm not interested. Whereas I am such a rule follower and yeah. such a, like, pleaser that I was just like, sounds great, you know? <laughs> People were turned black because they were evil. <laughs> like, I just, like, swallowed it hook, line, and sinker. Oh and so it's always interesting to me to hear about someone who grew up in a Mormon context but who separated themselves from the church very early like were there specific things that you heard that you thought this doesn't sit right with me or was it just kind of a general like i'm not interested in this or like what was that because again like i'm i'm such a pleaser that i just like if an adult told me something i was like yes that is true because an adult said it me too and so it's so interesting to me when people as kids especially like very young are just like that doesn't sit right with me so what was it that sort of felt um, off to you from the get-go? I would say that I was pretty similar to Brother Coffee in that I wanted to be a pleaser, but different in that I didn't believe what I was pleasing about. I just wanted to get along with everyone right. and blend in and not be noticed and, and be kosher and good. Um, so when you went to church and they talked about Joseph Smith and all these different things, you just thought, like, this doesn't sit. This seems like bullshit. It's, it's not that I was sitting there and thinking, this is some horse shit. Like, these guys got really creative and smoked a lot of weird crap one night. It right. was more just, I don't resonate <clears throat> with this. Right. The people that experience emotions that are very strong about this, good for them. But that's not something that okay. I've experienced. And there was a period where I really wanted to feel what they of were course, feeling because yeah. people were so passionate about right. when, when they'd freaking go up there and cry about losing their damn car keys and like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jesus saved the day because we had a PTA meeting. I like, I, I think I would love to see a study about, because I think there's so much truth in that. Like, when you are not feeling those spiritual experiences you want and you want so desperately to feel them because you feel like you don't belong or you don't. Yeah, like I remember being on my mission and just like 
having never had, like people would talk about like, I read the Book of Mormon and then I prayed and then I felt this confirmation. I had never had that. And I was like in the MTC. And I just remember feeling like so much pressure to feel, to have my own conversion almost, story. Almost feeling jealous. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That they, they achieved this level of peace right. and security that you didn't have, but you were doing all the steps to have. I just would be interested to see like a study about like that idea and cults because to me there's something very cultish oh, about yeah. that oh, where it's yeah. like you almost force yourself or you believe you want to believe that you've had these experiences so that you can belong with everyone else in the cult who has had those experiences right. and like and how many of those people actually had them or did they just you know kind of invent them or think they'd had them so that they fit in so anyway I just think so, that's an interesting idea so tell me what you mean about so you mentioned when someone lives in that pervasive of a community of culture. And then you said a little bit later, I just didn't want to be noticed. Um, <laughs> hello, gentle listeners. Um, I've been wanting to say that on the podcast for a while, so it's pretty exciting. Um, so not wanting to be noticed, I think that even if I wasn't entirely sure what was going on with like Joseph Smith and God and all, even if I didn't have a testimony myself, I didn't know for sure, well, that's some bullshit right off the bat. I just knew that it wasn't for me. And, um, I think anyone in, in that type of environment doesn't want to immediately give themselves away just because of the type of negative conversation that follows and, and the treatment. So uh, there were a lot of things that I thought, and did that did not fit the mold uh mm -hmm. for example i'm not straight <laughs> um and <laughs> rip um <laughs> and that that doesn't really sit right with a lot of mormons especially to, like when i was a child now i mean it's it's not great now but it was especially not great when I was a kid and I, I remember when I came home from college my first year and I went to a um what's the second meeting called? I can't remember. Thank Sunday God. School. Sunday school. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I'm moving on. Uh, <laughs> Sunday school. I went to a Sunday school meeting with all of the adults and I remember a teacher comparing a heroin addict and their effect on families to someone choosing to give in to their homosexual, uh, oh my god! Yeah, yeah. So, so, so like, the same as heroin. Just like, just like uh, marijuana is the same as heroin. As crystal meth, as actually. Crystal meth. Yeah, yeah, let me shoot up some of that good Colorado <laughs> bud. Yeah. Uh, so just little things like that, where I I had queer experiences that I didn't quite understand that they were queer experiences right. because gays are evil and whatever. Right. Um, that to the whole um the Lamanites being cursed right. for their like that <sighs> didn't quite make sense it wasn't i didn't have enough of an understanding of race in america especially as right. uh, a, a white woman in salt lake city girl, utah like i there's no yeah. way that i will ever be able to fully understand that but at the time especially i didn't quite know how terrible of a thing right, that was right, but it right, was right. it was still very very off-putting for me so the whole the um the sexuality thing the race thing also 
uh, gender roles. Uh-huh. Oh, Can yeah. rotten hell forever. <laughs> I, I wanted to skateboard. I could not skateboard. Oh, my Even God. Even though my brothers were allowed to skateboard because I was a girl. <gasps> I was gifted dolls and scrapbooks forever. Oh. Right. Even though I wanted, like, an airsoft gun. Right. And I wasn't allowed to go paintballing. And, and like, I wasn't allowed to hang out with boys. And just, which is silly because, really, you should be watching your daughters. Um, right. <laughs> just things like that where it's it doesn't quite... It didn't make sense as a kid, but now I totally understand where those things were stemming from. So for me, there it wasn't like I was believing like a lot of people and then they come out with this whole Prop 8 crap. And I'm like, oh, well, that's messed up. I'm going to look into that. It was more just I was confused about gender. I was being compared to a heroin addict. I sexuality is like a whole mess and then the race thing and then also gender roles and just the fact that there was no testimony behind the Jesus Smith story all of that sort of snowballed into like it made it so that I couldn't possibly have a foundation for Mormon faith which I'm very grateful for I am very grateful that I'm not someone that had this super secure faith about like having and, a second life with my dead mom in heaven, right? And, like, and then had to experience the crumbling of that faith. Yeah, I I think that the reason that I was able to question all of those things that I just listed was because my mom was sick and passed away. I I didn't think even as a child I understood if God is so great and so good. Why would he make my mother disabled and why would he kill her? Yeah. Like, that doesn't make sense. God no. wouldn't take away the mother of five kids and cripple her. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. So. Yeah. Wow. Sorry, Mom, but thanks. I know. So, uh, before we take our next break, yes. tell me about a day in the life of adolescent sister virtue yes. and what it looked like for you to not be noticed. Like, what was the anxiety like crushing? Ooh. I mean, Oh man, <laughs> I think a pretty good example of this at the time. I didn't quite realize how not normal this was, but now I'm like, Ooh, shit. Um, for example, in high school, I'd get up in the morning, I'd go to school. <clears throat> I was not allowed to wear eye makeup. So I would get to school and then I'd go in the bathroom and then I'd put on eye makeup. Um, okay. Yes. Oh, I'm a rebel. Uh, and then um, gym class. Okay. I, I don't know if there's like <coughs> fellow sexually deviant people that <laughs> can relate to this I'm sure difficulty, but gym class, yeah. the locker room, oh, yeah. is a tough time. Yes. Preach. I remember, yeah, oh. preach. I remember having a locker. It's shaped like a U, and mine was in, like, the very center. And I remember just having to change and just not look. <laughs> not look around me because I felt disgusting. Yeah. And it was, like, that That was, like, my normal day. Get up, go to school, put on the thing I wasn't allowed to have, uh-huh. have gym class, feel like a god-awful person the whole time yeah. because I was trying to not check out girls in their bras, which, like, any, like if, uh, teenage boys have boners. I should have been able to look at a girl in a bra. Right. It's whatever. Right. Um, Gym class is a fucked up adventure worst, for queer kids. Worst part. Probably for straight kids too. Of the day. Yeah. I, I mean, for I'm. For sure for queer kids. Straight, yeah. 
Like, I literally remember the name of the first boy that I knew that had, like, pubic hair. That had gone through puberty. Oh, my God. Because I remember being in gym class and being like, sweet Jesus! <laughs> he's gone through it! Because <laughs> all the rest of us were children. And yeah. then he had he was, like, had, had, had gone on that journey. Yeah. And I still remember his name, which is really weird. And so, okay, then gym class and, and then what else? Um... Once again, I'm not sure if this is normal everywhere else, but being from North Salt Lake in a very academically affluent community, mm-hmm. I had a lot of classes that were like AP and CE and that kind of thing. Yeah. So I had a lot of classes like that. Um, and then I also participated heavily in musical theater because I was not at all bullied. Of course not. Right. Um, <laughs> Just healthy so, and normal. Yeah, very healthy, not at all traumatized, very normal. Um, so I'd do that. I'd go to rehearsal. I actually never once in the entire time that I was in musical theater, which was for six years in public school, uh-huh. was ever picked up from practice by my parents. Oh. I was always given rides home the entire time. So oh. I would usually get a ride home. I'd go home and I would fall asleep <laughs> secretly. I'd fall asleep secretly. I'd wake up when someone knocked on my door. I would never do my homework. I'd eat dinner when I was finally allowed to eat after six hours of rehearsing and I would be exhausted and then I'd go to bed and then I'd wake up the next morning an hour before I had to leave for school bullshit all the homework I hadn't done the day before and do it again oh wow sounds fun I love it I'm very grateful (laughs) let's take a break okay (laughs) hey we're back. back Hey, we're back. back. What we're, if we what, what if we talked at the same, same time, time and said, said everything, everything together? together. Would, Would that, that be a, a better, better podcast? <laughs> wow, that was amazing. Anyways, I want to segue. segue. <laughs> Wait, keep going. I just just for a minute. Okay. I'll stop eventually. I want to segue, segue into. To what your, your dating, dating and sex, sex life has been, been like because you're still, you're still fairly young, young and, and not I, not too, too far, far removed from, from that, that whole experience, experience of growing, of growing up, up in, in that, that pervasive <laughs> i'm really good at this <laughs> okay okay dating, dating and sex i'll stop Go. Dating and sex go. That's such a vague starting point. Can I, I can I ask this? Yeah. yeah. How you mentioned that you identify as queer. Yes. What? How would you? Yeah, how, I, where Where do you identify on the sexuality and gender? We spectrums? we're Gen Xers, so we want a label. Uh, we want it. We want to put a. <laughs> we want a clear label on it. Printed on a P Touch on a brother P Touch label. Oh maker. my god. Uh, I'm I'm glad that you asked because I feel like at this point some gentle listeners are going to be like, oh. She's a lesbian. Right. Uh, but guys, I'm not that cool. Right. Um, <laughs> it's hard I'm, to be a lesbian. I'm They're not, really cool. They are really cool. They're really great. I'm, I'm not good enough to be able to join their ranks, God, apparently. Me neither. I um, wish. Oh so I actually originally came out as bisexual. Okay. However, uh, upon further reflection and just being able to discover my own identity and how I feel about the world, especially with my gender and who knows what that is, uh, I now say that I am pansexual um, because I, I don't know what the hell is going on. So pansexual feels good. Awesome. Isn't that great? 
I am so glad about it. No, I love it. I just love oh, that you okay. were like, I'm bisexual. No, maybe I'm pan. Like, I just love it. Like, Me too. No, who the I, fuck cares? Exactly. Like, exactly. I mean, I guess we care because we I asked. mean, no, I care. Are you sure? Because I feel like on a few episodes ago, you you participated in some bi erasure. Bi erasure. Which I, I, totally I know did. you. No, I got called out for it already. And that's not what we're saying right now. What we're saying is that you gave yourself permission to, be gay. to not, to... To just figure it out and not feel like you're stuck in a box. Um, figure it out is is kind of a reach. I wouldn't say <laughs> that I've. Uh, you're not figured, quite there I, yet. As uh, <laughs> Sister Twain loves to tell random strangers in theaters, uh, <laughs> I have. You know what, Sister Twain, take this story away. We were uh, we went and we saw a we beautiful a play. play. Yeah, go go ahead. And uh, it, was awful. <laughs> it was awful. Oh my god, and. Uh, I shared with everyone how you lament. Everyone, everyone, keep in mind this is during intermission. Yeah. I'm sitting around total strangers mm-hmm. except, for, except for Sister Twain. Yeah. We're having our own private conversation. And then very loudly she says. I said, I've never touched a booth, but I choked a girl. <laughs> Referring to me. Yes. I, I've, <laughs> and quote, I've never touched a boob, but I've choked a girl. <laughs> Uh, but I think the people around us really appreciated that. Yeah, especially the man that was laughing so hard he had to excuse himself from the room. The total stranger. I hope that I hope he's doing well. Hello, sir. Um, Wouldn't it be great if he listened? <laughs> if he listened to this podcast, that, he was like, "Hey, that was me." Oh my god! Oh my god, that was me. I but laughed. Yeah, and that's. Excused uh, myself I'm from very the glad room. that you asked for clarification of my sexuality because I I'm not cool enough to be a lesbian because as Sister Twain loves to tell the world. I have choked a girl, <laughs> but I have never, never touched, touched a boob. boob. So <laughs> if anyone uh, wants to rectify that, let me know. Um, my email is http oh colon mail to colon. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Okay. Um, and and if I may ask, do you where do you identify in the gender spectrum? Ooh. Um, that, I know that's a loaded that, question. If no, you don't want to answer, good. you don't have to answer. Uh, it. It'd be exciting to figure that out one right. day, but I feel like I have so much bullshit going on that who knows? Okay. I just know that it's very confusing and I have no idea. Great. I have no idea. I love cool. that. Great. I don't. I, I, well, I love that. And I, I want, I want you to find whatever clicks and makes yeah. sense and gives you peace. And I feel like something, but I love that you're open to just saying like, I don't understand I this don't, yet. And that's okay. I, I, wouldn't, that's I was trying say, to say earlier. Oh, anyway, go ahead. Well, what were you trying to say that I'm lost? No, <laughs> keep talking. Um, I wouldn't say that I don't know what's going on with gender. I uh-huh. would say that I don't know where I fall personally with gender. Because I feel like at this point, I have had a pretty decent exposure to the genderqueer, trans, non-binary community. Um, But I just, I have so much happening in my head and in my life that I'm still trying to figure out that for me personally, gender is so confusing that if I don't get to that for a while, that's fine because I've got some other yeah. shit I got to handle. Yeah. So yeah. I know that's not the same for everyone, especially when it comes to pronouns. I know right now it's a culture where it's it, in like a very woke and accepting community. People say, oh, you should put your pronouns in your bio. You should, when you introduce yourself, right. you should include your pronouns. When you meet someone new, you should ask them what their pronouns are. Um, and I have a little bit of a controversial and different opinion in that I just like, 
I, I haven't even had time to figure that out. So I don't have pronouns in my bio. I don't introduce myself with my pronouns because it's like, if you think I'm a man and you're confused and you call me sir, that's totally fine. If you call me a woman, that's totally fine. If you're very confused and use they, that's totally fine because I can't expect, this is for me personally, once right. again, I can't expect anyone to know what the fuck is going on when I don't. Can I swear on the podcast? Oh, oh my God. I was like, I just said fuck like three times. Okay. I don't know if you remember Josh talking about, or sorry, Brother Coffee. Yes. Oh my God. I'm sorry that I've never done that before. Never. This yeah. The first. Uh, he did at the beginning of the podcast. Brother know, honestly, Coffee uh, recently talking about fucking the holes in Jesus's hands. So. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Which episode was this? It was just a couple. It was recently. I'm, yeah. I'm <clears throat> caught up. I swear to God. You must have, you must have missed it. I was in the I, shower. I will say like, I commend you for going on that journey and figuring that out because that must be incredibly complicated and very difficult. I'm so tired. I'm so Our- tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. Our good friend, um, Rachel, was that her name on the pod? Oh, our guest star, Rachel. Our guest star, Rachel. Yes. Yeah. She recently tweeted something where she said, just like, imagine just like being cool with your gender. Like that seems crazy. Like, like people telling you, well, like you go to the doctor you're a girl, and they're like, you're, you're a boy. And they're, and you're like, great. Giddy up. Let's go. <laughs> she was like, what a world. And, I, and it, and as someone who is cis and has always been very, has never questioned my gender or where, you know, where I fit or whatever. I just thought, oh yeah, that, that's, that's a real like thing that I take for granted. The just being cis and being like cool with it. Like that, that's not everyone, not everyone gets that. Yep. Not nope. everyone can have that experience. Nope. nope. So good for you. Yeah. And thank you for sharing. Yeah, good for me on my <laughs> eternal confusion. No, but I mean just... And good luck. No, yeah. I just mean good for you and being open to talking about it because I'm sure there are people that feel very similar to you well, but maybe don't feel as comfortable expressing it the way um, that you did. I think something with that topic especially is there is a lot of gender gatekeeping, especially within the gender non-conforming community and i i don't know if i'm gonna get shot down with hellfire for saying this but i i think that a lot of people that have questions and are unsure feel very scared to ask those questions because there's such a negative rhetoric around being cisgendered Mm um um and it's like i i personally when i first started being a participant of the queer community as a bisexual person back in very, very early 2016. I'd, I'd never said anything about my gender because the people that I were around, even though they were genderqueer and that kind of thing was it, it's, there's so much fire behind it. And I think that can be a little intimidating for people. <coughs> um, like I, I think that we maybe as a community should be a little bit more ex- accepting about people that are trying to figure it out because nobody came out of the womb and knew what the fuck was going on. Right. Like we we've all had our own things happening. So I I like thank you for saying that you're proud of me for being open about talking about it. But I think I'm open about it because when I first started letting myself have those conversations in my head I was not around people that were accepting about it and I know how detrimental that that can be to somebody so do you mean when you say that like gender gatekeeping do you mean that there is a sense of like kind of 
demanding that people identify as something or what do you mean um, what do you mean by that gender- like where was that what like in what way did that sort of express itself no, to that's you a, that's a good question when i say gender gatekeeping i more so mean people that know that they don't align with their assigned gender right. or the gender binary gatekeeping gender queerness yeah um and i i recognize that there's a lot of confusion and a lot of people stealing that culture and those experiences and that should be protected and that should be understood. But I think at the same time, if we're constantly allowing this rhetoric of, of, of like, fuck cis people, how is someone that is presenting as cis who is questioning their gender supposed to be able to come out and have a conversation with someone who thinks that they're cis but like is constantly telling them that cis people are are stupid or evil mm. or ignorant yeah just just because mm. they're not out and the, the i i get that there's different boundaries and exceptions to rules and those kinds of things but i think that in that regard we could all maybe chill out a little bit because the the more comfortable the situation is for everyone no matter of how you think they're presenting, you never know how someone's feeling. Right. I know a lot of gender fluid people that say that they're one thing one day and one one thing the right. next, and that's one hundred percent valid. Mm-hmm. And who the hell is to tell them otherwise? Because right. it's like not even real. I think <laughs> like, that I think that's something within the queer community that we are all guilty of. We and need I, to work like, on it. Well, right. And we like, can you, be better, you guys. We're like, not perfect, You but mentioned we're great. me participating in some bio erasure a few, <laughs> a few episodes ago. I was and I think, joking. No, I, I know. I, I love know. you. No, I know. But I genuinely, like, I genuinely felt bad after that because I felt like I was trying to, I was trying to define something that is not my, that is not mine to define. But I think, but I think the, the flip side of that is we sometimes try to define so rigidly what it means to be a cisgender person, a trans person, a gay man, you know, whatever it is, whatever label you fall under. Yeah. We, yes. we try so, because we, because for some of us, we have fought so hard to be able to embrace those labels that I think it can be really easy to say, no, this is what a gay man is, you know, or, or uh, whatever uh, it is. Yeah. And, and then to try to, to say to other people, you don't belong in my community because you there's, know. I would say there's no thing wrong with taking pride in your identity, but there's definitely something wrong in restricting other people from embracing theirs. Right. Right. I don't want to get too political. Oh, I already did. So I, feel <laughs> but <laughs> I'm, I'm going to hit for the example, there is a gay man running for president right now. <laughs> and whether or not you agree with his politics, which I don't agree with a lot of his politics, <laughs> But regardless of what you think about his, the politics and his issues, which is what we should be talking about, there are a lot of gay people who don't like him because he's not the right kind of gay. You know, he doesn't fit into what we think a gay man should be like. You know, he came out later in life. Like he's, he's very Christian. Like he has a lot, you know, and, and again, politics aside, because, Mm -hmm. you know, he's not my first choice of candidate, but I think it's it's detrimental to us to say you can't be part of our community because you don't fit my definition of what a gay man should be or whatever. Yep. I think we need to do a better job. Wow. Yeah, that's that 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 blows my mind. Do you want to take a break? Did you time out? Do you need out? a time out? We're going to take a break. Are we going to talk about politics on the break? No. Okay, of we're gonna, not. we're going to take a break. <laughs> 
my cat is on my lap. <laughs> and she, there was a chance she may have never been on your lap ever again. This dumb cat. <laughs> so before we wrap up, I do want to know, um, and I did get active and enthusiastic consent to yeah. talk about this. Right. Um, I, uh, I, I do want to know what navigating your um, sex life has been like. So you grew up in this... Fucking hot mess. I don't know if microcosm is the right word to explain. Yeah, like a very insular community yeah, with yeah. a lot of... Siri, what is microcosm? <laughs> She's going to answer over there. Let's see. Really? Did she wake up? Oh, I guess hey, you didn't Siri. say hey. Hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. This is great radio, you guys. Oh, this my God. Podcast. Maybe Siri's on Walkabout. Maybe. Uh, um, Apple and I are going through some, some stuff right now. Oh, shit. Oh. She's there. There she is. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so your insular microcosm. One second. Uh, <laughs> Siri, hey, Siri, stop talking. <laughs> Upbringing. What should I do? Oh, my God. Like my gay experience. Hey, Siri, shut up. <laughs> and... And your fluidity with your I'm very lost gender identity. <laughs> what has what has sex your sex life been like for you? How sex? That's how the question. Sex? Does it feel good? Uh, uh, <laughs> gentle listeners, um, I feel like y'all need to get your parents to sign a consent form before we can. Uh, uh, um. I have always been an extremely sexual person, but I didn't know that's what it was. I Okay, tangent that I think is important, so I'm going to happen on this tangent anyways. Female masturbation is a thing, and no one talks about it. That is my tangent. Love it. You should talk about it. It's real. You don't just, like, stroke a <clears throat> penis, and that's the only kind of masturbation in the world. Mm-hmm. Other shit happens. Y'all should be informed. Anyways, sex. We love uh, female masturbation. Uh, do you? Love it. You, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I just like. Brother Coffee has mm. recently discovered that no, he also. No, I just am. I am enthusiastically in favor of all types of masturbation. Yes, yes. And the crowd goes wild, and the Oscar goes too. Female masturbation. <laughs> just kidding. So. The Academy's rigged. Um, <laughs> the Academy, the award would never go to female masturbation. <laughs> uh, only if she's white. Um, so with that, I would say with, oh, so I went to college in Southern Utah, not the party school. I know what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. I have respect. Um, and there were several people that I would go out with who were men who were very comfortable with doing things that I knew were not cool or okay. In, in Mormonism. In, in Mormonism. Right. But they wouldn't acknowledge that. But at the same time, it would be very confusing for me personally. Right. So that was kind of my first introduction. I actually <laughs> I actually have a journal that I kept my freshman year of college. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate journaling but i did it because people told me it was good for the soul or whatever mm-hmm. but i wrote in my journal every single day my freshman year of college wow and so i have it's so painfully embarrassing but i have documented in writing like my very first experiences with people sexually which i was so popular that i didn't even kiss anyone until i was in college it was very great oh, um, very great so very great. very so great. great my ass was too thick uh, oh, 
No, I don't blame any of you. You are forgiven. Um, but just just starting with that, where it was them being very shameful, right? Um, but not acknowledging that me knowing that there was some like they weren't okay with it, but me being okay with it type of thing. And then once I left school, it was I actually moved up to Provo, which. Anyone that knows anything about Provo knows how how healthy of an environment that is. Mm-hmm. So I went from men that were probably five five or six years my senior when I was in college, mm-hmm. doing those kinds of things, not acknowledging how they weren't comfortable with it in a church sense, and then going to Provo, <laughs> where it was the exact same thing, if not to an even more extreme degree. I I feel like you would know people. That were in Provo because you went to school, yeah, um, yeah. there that that would do these things and feel a lot of shame and a lot of guilt, but wouldn't necessarily stop doing it. Of course not. Um, and of course, of course, and of course not. Thank you. The shame, the guilt. So I, I never actually like had sex, but there were a lot of things that I would do where <laughs> afterwards. It, it would kind of be projected back onto me. I feel like there's a lot of, a lot of culture. Like that you where, were to blame or something for them I'm too slipping tempting. up. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I yeah. shouldn't have initiated. I right. shouldn't. I shouldn't have right. participated. I like right. it's, it's very much projected back. It's my fault type of thing. So that that was the kind of the second step of that mentality. And for me, being a sexual con- person, it was very confusing to go from me knowing something's up to me moving to Provo and being with people that were doing things that they actively acknowledged that they weren't comfortable with, but I was, but was my fault for, because I was comfortable with it. Um, and then (laughs) doing a complete 180 and deciding one day, fuck it. Um, quite literally and (laughs) just doing, doing the deed. So, uh, to the guy, what year, 2015, I don't know. Mm -hmm. 2015, BYU student. Oh, my God. BYU housing with his roommate's home. I just did it because I was like, you know what? I'm not doing it because people are pressuring me to not do it and not some bullshit. Whatever. I did it. He got caught. It was amazing. It was a whole process. Uh, But he didn't didn't get in trouble because he was friends with the president of the university. Right. And he lied to him and convinced him that his roommates were lying to get him in trouble. Oh! But yeah, shout out to that kid. He's in the military now. Fuck him. Um, <laughs> seriously, if you if you lie about having sex because you're so insecure about your sexuality, and then you join the military to shoot brown people, then like you can go drown. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? Oh my god, that was brilliant. Why but what I- a what a fucked up university experience where someone i mean i'm not i'm not giving him a pass at all like he obviously but like that you would have to lie about well and i i like there were people that i had been around before that person who had kind of been in the same boat where they knew what they wanted but they knew that it was bad and la 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 um, but they never, they never handled it that way. It was more just like very guilt centered. And I recognized that they definitely were believing and yeah. I was not, which was why I moved on because as much as I want to be the, the blame <laughs> for a bunch of like <laughs> white Mormon men who just really want to come in their pants <laughs> and not tell me 
I, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be. You don't want to carry that. Yeah, torch. like you can carry that in your pants back home. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, so after that, I was very lucky to be able to move to Salt Lake, and be in a very queer oriented community, um, and and be around a lot more sexual forgiveness with men, because I'm not cool enough for women yet. Right. Uh, rip. But because I was able to kind of upgrade (laughs) to a less shame-oriented sexual experience, there was, I would call it my hoe year. Congratulations. Thank you. Do Um, we all have like a, where we kind of just come to be, come, come to be, (laughs) and we have a hoe year? I'm still waiting for my hoe year. It hasn't happened yet. I'm going to fuck it all. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Ash Ash and with the Pokemon, he was going to catch them all. I was going to fuck them all. did <laughs> every year i hope it's my hoe year and it never happens it's, i'm not saying that it's the best time ever but <laughs> it's not i like have it on under my belt now right yeah like, right. i can say that i was a hoe for a while yeah um i remember early 2019 i messaged you and i said i really want to be a slut this year i know and like i had sex like and, one time and in I 2019 was thinking, i was thinking that's not gonna happen i feel like uh <laughs> we need to incorporate more Tool skirts in your life if you want to have a a hoe year. A hoe year? Tool skirts. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, Can we jump into the five questions that we ask all of our people? Did we prep you for this? No. Okay, great. We'll see how it goes. We we haven't we haven't had a guest for a while. It's been a while. And I was like, oh yeah, we ask all the guests five questions. Okay. I'm ready. If your topic, I don't even know what your topic was. Your topic was growing up and being queer and Insular Mormon. And Insular the, yeah. the topic was hot mess. Yeah. If your topic was a cocktail, what would it be called and what would be in it? Oh, my God. Um, if my topic was a cocktail. We normally warn people and they prepare. So yeah. okay. we, we know you're, we're putting you on the spot. No, that's fine. I already know. Okay. If my cocktail was this up or this episode was a cocktail, I would call it the liar. Um, because I feel like there would be a lot of dangerous shit in there that you just wouldn't tell anyone because you're embarrassed that you put that much alcohol in a drink. So, uh, the liar would have a lot of alcohol and maybe like a very fruity mixer to cover it up. Love it. Yeah. I want one. Uh, which golden girl are you? (laughs) I was... I was born in 95. Oh, my God. And also, I was not allowed to be exposed to media. So, if by golden girl, you mean what level of tan would I like? Um, not not cancer-inducing, but like a nice golden. Okay, fair. Thank you. Um, if you had to choose a... If, if there was a different topic that you were going to talk about for two minutes... Mm. What like what are you an expert on that you could have come on this podcast and talked about forever? Like Any leather topic? working, <laughs> yeah. Like, like what what leather other daddy working? What other um, t- podcast would call you and say, "Hey, we want you as a special guest because we know you're an expert about <sighs> dot dot dot." Um, I would say any any subject. Any, yeah. Really? Yes. What are you an expert on? I know what you're gonna say. Go. What is it? I don't know. <laughs> Give it like mouth it. Is it? Is it? Um, I forgot what it's called. This is fascinating. Oh my god, it's called uh, help dogs. No, what is it oh, called? Service oh, dogs. Service dogs. <laughs> yes, it's called know? help dogs. 
Yes. That's uh, the title of this episode. Sister, the title of this episode is Help Dogs. Sister Twaint uh, is 100% correct that if I needed to talk about any sort of fucking subject, I would talk about service animals because there is a lot of abuse of the law for right. disabled people. Right. And uh, as like a spicy little we're about to end this podcast fact, I consider myself disabled because I experience a lot of chronic um, <coughs> mental and physical illness. And yeah, you're pretty fucked up. I, yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of people that abuse disability law and accessibility law and do not actually understand what the hell a fucking ESA is, which by the way, for those listening... An ESA is a pet with housing and carrier rights. That's right, gentle listeners. It is a pet with housing and travel rights. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Next. <laughs> okay. What is one thing you want to ask us? Oh, man. Anything. Nothing's off limits. Uh, when, are, when is this podcast going to gross money so that I can get my royalty share? <laughs> Um, you know, anytime. Uh, can I ask a real question? Yeah. That, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I know that recently Sister Twain talked about wanting to seek therapy for her parent situation, which yeah. I personally can relate to and I should probably seek therapy for. Yeah. Uh, and also Brother Coffee, yes. Um, therapy period. Right. Uh, is, is that something that you think you are going to achieve this year? Because I, I don't think that I should... I can project those kind of goals on anyone because I am not in therapy right now, mm. even though if I, I maybe should be. But yeah, do you think that's something that you are going to be actively working towards? I will be. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got to figure out that Alzheimer's shit. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh-oh. I will say this. <laughs> Buckle down, gentlemen. <laughs> no, I will just say I have made some steps forward i have called some therapists you have done some, some which is something you haven't even been able to do at all oh in no years. like i yeah i mean the amount of forward momentum i've made in the first whatever 25 days of 2020 is in many ways and not just about therapy just about like general well-being and mental health is more than i've done in the last like three years yeah i will also say that i am I'm trying to because here's here's the real tea. Oh. I don't know why I'm not in therapy. Uh-huh. I don't. Like yeah. I don't I don't have an excuse or a justification as to why I haven't sought therapy out. Right. So what I'm what I'm trying the the space that I'm trying to find right now is I'm trying to move towards being in therapy, but I'm also trying to like be okay with the fact that I'm not in therapy, if that makes sense. Like oh. I'm trying to be I'm yeah. trying to say I'm not in therapy yet because there is a reason why I'm not in therapy yet. And, it's and I okay. don't know what that reason is. And it's but okay. at, And at the same time, not letting that be an excuse where I just say like, well, it'll happen when it happens. Right. Like, I am actively trying to push myself to get into therapy, uh-huh. but still being okay with the fact that I'm not. Not yet. And Sister Virtue. Yeah, the, Sister Virtue. Uh, something I feel like I should piggyback off of that is there's something that sh- people should keep in mind when they're considering therapy or when they're, they are in therapy. If you don't, have a good fit with your therapist that is okay i feel like uh, we hear so many positive stories about people that are in therapy and they like work through shit and they they get to have this kind of relationship and discussion there is such thing as having a god-awful therapist i've had so many switching i'm not in therapy right now but i've had so (coughs) many embarrassingly terrible therapists and if you go to therapy and it's an awful time 
that's okay. That's not your problem. Right. It, it's like you are allowed to find someone. You're allowed to break up with your therapist. Right, yes. Right, right, right. yes. You're paying them. Don't worry about hurting their feelings. Like it's not a personal their relationship. Their paycheck will be okay. Yeah, yeah. they'll be fine. Yeah. But yeah. your mental health needs to be more okay. If you need to cycle through some therapists, totally cool. Should lay that out there. Like, right. There's no... There's a lot of bad therapists for you as a person because everyone's different and you're totally within your rights to allow yourself to find someone that can give you that kind of space yeah. because it's not it's not super easy. It's not like going to a primary care physician and being like, I have the flu. Right. Yeah. A, B, C, and D. Yeah. You are your own person, and not every therapist fits the bill. So people should keep that in mind. What's the final question? The final question is, what what do you know to be true now? Oh. I love mozzarella. Um, (laughs) I know know that to be true. (laughs) Thank you. Um, What I know to be true now, I would say all-encompassing would be that I don't know everything. Okay. I came to be in an environment where people pretend like they know what the hell is going on mm-hmm. and they pretend like they have this level of security that we don't have. And I feel like there is more security in acknowledging that you don't know what's happening and that you are okay with that or that you're able to handle that. So for me, it's – I don't personally believe in a god but i would be super super down if he came from the heaven one day and was like hey you get to see your disabled dead mom again i'd give him a high five and be like chest bump if i didn't have tits anymore and like that kind of thing it'd be great but i'm not i'm not super hell-bent on one narrative or another it's more just i am not defined anymore by this this idea of hell and heaven and having tattoos is wrong and you're more superior morally from someone because you do not swear and you do not drink wine and you uh, support pro-choice and pro-life versus those kinds of things. I, I think that where I am now is that I am more understanding, even if I don't personally relate with certain topics and ideas, I definitely Uh, make space for them in my head because I understand why someone would think a certain way even though I don't support my parents decision to be an active part of the church I understand why for example my father is never going to leave because the concept of uh, like a forever family, eternal families and heaven and forgiveness and repentance and salvation and that kind of thing. It's, it's so much hope and all that. Like I, it would be selfish of me to not acknowledge why that's acceptable for someone to want to cling on to. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's where I am now. I am at a level of understanding where I get why people want to find happiness and things that don't relate to me, but also my understanding has drawn a line where, yes, you can have your happiness and your hope and whatever, but also, like, people of color are here because of fucking genetics right. <laughs> and the way that people have evolved, not because of the Lamanite sin. That's just cruel. And, mm-hmm. and, like gender is this big concept that no one can quite understand and sexuality is like it's fluid and just because of babies and whatever it doesn't mean anything and 
and um, education does not mean knowledge and there's so much that I've been able to evolve upon and I'm I'm pretty stoked about where I am right now but I think the even more exciting thing is I wouldn't be angry if I learned something new which is pretty exciting that's really open-minded that's very deep I yeah, like that yeah and very open-minded yeah okay well thank you sister, sister virtue. virtue you're welcome we... so virtuous sure <laughs> Sister V, not to be confused with my sister, Sister Volva. Oh, right. Before right. we wrap up, can I please just mention Willow's name? Because I'm yes. So for the gentle listeners, uh, we try to not use real names on the podcast, but I know Sister Twain is really awful about it, <laughs> as Brother Coffee can attest and probably everyone else. Um, but I do have a working dog, and I just want to show off her name real quick because oh, yeah. it, it, like, it came to me at a party Actually, I think it was Sister Twain's idea, and I'm just totally going to steal it. But uh, her name is Willow Woodruff. Uh, she's a dog, so the Woodruff, if you got oh, that part like of the pun, the so yeah. good. Willow so Woodruff. Good. So, good on some, yeah, so you guys levels. are more than welcome to wrap up the podcast now. I just thought that the gentle listeners deserve I know. We to really know. never got to Willow I know, Woodruff, I know. and I'm sorry because she's such a, a dear. I'm glad you it's, brought it up. It's uh, $29.99 an hour to learn about. Willow Woodruff, if you're interested, contact Hot Drinks at http forward slash. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's like a it's like a different level of the. Patient. You can follow us on on our Instagram Hot Drinks. Uh, and one thing we like to do every week on Instagram is we like to post things we found in Brother Coffee's house. Yeah. Today is a beautiful piece of art with a helpful um, a helpful thought on it. Mm-hmm. So if you're curious about what that piece of art is. Uh, you can turn on the lights over there. Sister Twain went to take the photo of that piece of art right now. Like, as in, like it, she has to post it as we're recording, even though this won't publish till tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, if you want to see that beautiful piece of art, go find us on Instagram at Hot Drinks. You can also email us um, at hotdrinksforthebelly at gmail.com. Um, and like I said earlier, if we don't immediately respond to your email, know that we've seen it and we've read it and we are... We are holding those things close to our heart. What did they say about Mary? She held those truths to her heart. Mary in the Bible. Did? Mary in the Bible. Oh, I don't. Anyway, she was no. making sure that you were in the correct headspace to receive. Yes. Are you ready to receive this information? Yeah. Oh my so god! Oh my god! We are, we are reading your messages and loving them. We just are not always responding because maybe we're having emotional breakdowns, or maybe we have eyes full of styes. Fuck you. So, <laughs> thank you, Sister Virtue. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Sister Latter Day Twain. Yeah, thank you, and you're welcome. And thank you, Brother Coffee. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, this has been Hot Drinks. Tell all your uh, Exmo and Progmo and Kermo and uh, FOMO and... And Protestant. And, and Protestant. Your, tell your oh. Protestant friends. Um, and we'll talk to you next week. Next week. Next week. <laughs>